Chapter Six of The Martyrs of Science. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Martyrs of Science by David Brewster. Life of Galileo. Chapter Six. Galileo loses his favorite daughter. He falls into a state of melancholy and ill health. Is allowed to go to Florence for its recovery in 1638, but is prevented from leaving his house or receiving his friends. His friend Castelli permitted to visit him in the presence of an officer of the Inquisition. He composes his celebrated dialogues on local motion, discovers the moon's liberation, loses the sight of one eye. The other eye attacked by the same disease is struck blind. Negotiates with the Dutch government respecting his method of finding the longitude. He is allowed free intercourse with his friends. His illness and death in sixteen forty-two. His epitaph. His social, moral, and scientific character. Although Galileo had now the happiness of rejoining his family under their paternal roof, yet. Like all the sublunary blessings, it was but of short duration. His favorite daughter Maria, who along with her sister had joined the convent of Saint Matthew, in the neighborhood of Arcetri, had looked forward to the arrival of her father with the most affectionate anticipations. She hoped that her filial devotion might form some compensation for the malignity of his enemies, and she eagerly assumed the labor of reciting weekly the seven pensionary psalms. Which formed part of her father's sentence, these sacred duties, however, were destined to terminate almost at the moment they were begun. She was seized with a fatal illness in the same month in which she rejoined her parent, and before the month of April she was no more. This heavy blow, so suddenly struck, overwhelmed Galileo in the deepest agony. Owing to the decline of his health and the recurrence of his old complaints. He was unable to oppose to this mental suffering the constitutional energy of his mind. The bulwarks of his heart broke down, and a flood of grief desolated his manly and powerful mind. He felt, as he expressed it, that he was incessantly called by his daughter. His impulse intermitted. His heart was agitated by unceasing palpitations. His appetite entirely left him, and he considered his dissolution so near at hand. That he would not permit his son Vincenzo to set upon a journey which he had contemplated. From this state of melancholy and indisposition, Galileo slowly, though partially, recovered, and, with the view of obtaining medical assistance, he requested leave to go to Florence. His enemies, however, refused this application, and he was given to understand that any additional importunities would be visited with a more vigilant surveillance. He remained therefore five years at Arcetri, from sixteen thirty four to sixteen thirty eight, without any remission of his confinement and pursuing his studies under the influence of continued and general indisposition. There is no reason to think that Galileo or his friends renewed their application to the Church of Rome, but in sixteen thirty eight the Pope transmitted, through the Inquisitor Farino, his permission that that he might remove to Florence for the recovery of his health. On the condition that he should present himself at the office of the inquisitor to learn the terms upon which this indulgence was granted, 
galileo accepted of the kindness thus unexpectedly proffered but the condition upon which it was given were more severe than he expected he was prohibited from leaving his house or admitting his friends and so sternly was the system pursued that he required a special order for attending mass during passion week the severity of this order was keenly felt by galileo while he reminded archery his seclusion from the world would have been an object of choice if it had not been the decree of the tribunal but to be debarred from the conversation of his friends in florence in that city where his genius had been idolized and where his fame had been immortal was an aggravation of punishment which he was unable to bear with his accustomed kindness the grand duke made a strong representation on the subject of his ambassador at the court of rome he stated from his great age and infirmities galileo's career was near its close that he possessed many valuable ideas which the world might lose if they are not matured and conveyed to his friends and that galileo was anxious to make these communications to father Castelli, who was then a stipendary at the court of rome the grand duke commanded his ambassador to see Castelli on the subject to urge him to obtain a leave from the pope to spend a few weeks in florence and to supply him with money and everything that was necessary for his journey influenced by this kind and liberal message Castelli obtained audience of the pope and requested leave to pay a visit to florence urban instantly suspected the object of his journey and upon Castelli's acknowledging that he could not possibly refrain from seeing galileo he received permission to visit him in the company of an officer of the inquisition Castelli accordingly went to florence and a few months afterwards galileo was ordered to return to archetri during galileo's confinement at siena and archetri between sixteen thirty three and sixteen thirty eight his time was principally occupied in the composition of his dialogues on local motion in which he treats of the strength and cohesion of the solid bodies of the laws of uniform and accelerated motions of the motion of projectiles and of the centre of gravity of solids this remarkable work which was considered by its author as the best of its productions was printed by louis elsewhere at amsterdam and dedicated to the count de noelles the french ambassador at rome various attempts to have it printed in germany had failed and in order to save himself from the malignity of his enemies he was obliged to pretend that the edition published in holland had been printed from a manuscript entrusted to the french ambassador although galileo had for a long time abandoned his astronomical studies yet his attention was directed about the year sixteen thirty six to a curious appearance on the lunar disk which is known by the name of the moon's liberation when we examine with a telescope the outline of the moon we observe that certain parts of her disk which are seen at a time are invisible at another this change or liberation is of four different kinds like the diurnal liberation the liberation in longitude the liberation in latitude and the spheroidal liberation galileo discovered the first of these kinds of liberation and appears to have had some knowledge of the second but the third was discovered by hevelius and the fourth by lagrange the curious discovery was the result of the last telescopic observation of galileo although his right eye had for some years lost its power yet his general vision was sufficiently perfect to enable him to carry on his usual researches in sixteen thirty six however this affection of his eye became more serious and in sixteen thirty seven his left eye was attacked with the same disease his medical friends at first supposed the cataracts were formed in the crystalline lens 
and anticipated a cure from the operation of couching these hopes were fallacious the disease turned out to be in the cornea and every attempt to restore its transparency was fruitless in a few months the white cloud covered the whole aperture of the pupil and galileo became totally blind this sudden and unexpected calamity had almost overwhelmed galileo and his friends in writing to a correspondent he exclaims alas your dear friend and servant has become totally and irreparably blind these heavens this earth this universe which by wonderful observations i had enlarged a thousand times beyond the belief of past ages are henceforth shrunk into a narrow space which i myself occupy so it pleases god it shall therefore please me also his friend father castelli deplores the calamity in the same tone of pathetic sublimity the noblest eye says he which nature ever made is darkened an eye so privileged and gifted with such rare powers that it might truly be said to have seen more than the eyes of all that are gone and to have opened the eyes of all that are to come although galileo had been thwarted in his attempt to introduce into the spanish marine his new method of finding the longitude at sea yet he never lost sight of an object to which he attached the highest importance as the formation of the correct tables of the motion of jupiter's satellites was a necessary preliminary to this introduction he had occupied himself for twenty-four years in observation for this purpose and he had made considerable progress in this laborious task after the publication of his dialogues on motion in sixteen thirty six he renewed his attempts to bring his method into actual use for this purpose he addressed himself to lorenzo riel who had been a dutch governor-general in india and offered the free use of his method to the states-general of holland the dutch government received this proposal with an anxious desire to have it carried into effect at instigation of constantin huygens the father of the illustrious huygens and the secretary of the prince of orange they appointed commissioners to communicate with galileo and while they transmitted him a golden chain as a mark of their esteem they at the same time assured him that if his plan should prove successful it should not pass unrewarded the commissioners entered into an active correspondence with galileo and had been appointed one of their number to communicate personally with him in italy lest this however should excite the jealousy of the court of rome galileo objected to the arrangement so that the negotiation was carried on solely by correspondence it was at this time that galileo was struck with blindness his friend and pupil renery undertook in this emergency to arrange and complete his observation and calculations but before he had made much progress in this arduous task each of the four commissioners died in succession and it was with great difficulty that constantin huygens succeeded in renewing the scheme it was again obstructed however by the death of galileo and when renery was about to publish by the order of grand duke the ephemeris and the tables of the jovian planets he was attacked with a mortal disease and the manuscripts of galileo which he was on the eve of publishing were never more heard of by such a series of misfortunes were the plans of galileo and the of the states-general completely overthrown it is some consolation however to know that neither science nor navigation suffered any severe loss notwithstanding the perfection of our present tables of the jupiter satellites and of the astronomical instruments by which their eclipses have been observed the method of galileo is still impracticable at sea in consequence of strict seclusion to which galileo had been subjected 
he was in practice of dating his letters from his prison of arquetry but after he had lost use of his eyes the inquisition seems to have relaxed its severity and to have allowed him the freest intercourse with his friends the grand duke of tuscany paid him frequent visits and among the celebrated strangers who came to the distant lands to see the ornament of italy were cassandi diodati and our illustrious countryman milton during the last three years of his life his eminent pupil vivani formed one of his family and in october sixteen forty one the celebrated torricelli another of his pupils was admitted to the same distinction though the powerful mind of galileo still retained its vigour yet his debilitated frame was exhausted with mental labour he often complained that his head was too busy for his body and the continuity of his studies was broken down with attacks of hypochondria want of sleep and acute rheumatic pains along with these calamities he was afflicted with another still more severe with deafness almost total but though he was not excluded from all communication with the external world yet his mind still grappled with material universe and while he was studying the force of percussion and preparing for a continuation of his dialogues on motion he was attacked with fever and palpitation of the heart which after continuing two months terminated fatally on the eighth of january sixteen forty two in seventy-eighth year of his age having died in the character of a prisoner of the inquisition his odious tribunal disputed his right of making a will and of being buried in consecrated ground these objections however were withdrawn but though a large sum was subscribed for erecting a monument to him in the church of santa Croce in florence the pope would not permit the design to be carried out into execution his sacred remains were therefore deposited in an obscure corner of the church and remained for more than thirty years unmarked with any monument tablet the following epitaph given without any remark by laden edition of his dialogues is we presume the one which was inscribed on a tablet in the church of santa Croce. galileo galilei florentino philosopho e geometrere verilincio nascere odipo mirabilium semper inventorum machinatori qui incosessa aduc mortalibus gloria celorum provincias oxit e universo dedit incrementum non enim veteros perherum orbes fragilisk stellas conflavit sed atherna mundi corpore medicie beneficie dedicavit cujus inextincta gloriae cupidatas ut oculos nascinum seclarum quo ominum videre doceret propirios impendit oculos cum jam nil amplius haberet natura quod ipse videret cujus inventa vix intra rerum limites comprehensa firmamentum ipsum son solum continent sed etiam recipit qui relistis tot sinuarium monumentis plura secum tulit quam reliquit gravi enim sed nondum affecta sentuate novus contemplationibus majorum gloriam affectans inexplibilum sapienti animum immatura nobis obitu hexalavit anno domini m c 
x l e e arheda sue l x x v e e e at his death in seventeen o three viviani purchased his property with the charge of erecting a monument over galileo's remains and his own the design was carried out into effect in seventeen thirty seven at the expense of the family of nelly when both their bodies were disinterred and removed to the site of splendid monument which now covers them this monument contains the bust of galileo with figures of geometry and astronomy it was designed by Guido Foggini. Galileo's bust was executed by Giovanni Battista Foggini. The figure of astronomy by Vincenzo Foggini, his son, and that of geometry by Girolamo Ticciati. Galileo's house at Architri still remains. In 1821, it belonged to one Signor Alimari. Having been preserved in the state in which it was left by Galileo, it stands very near the convent of St. Matthew and about a mile to the southeast of florence an inscription by nelly over the door of the house still remains the character of galileo whether we view him as a member of the social circle or as a man of science presents many interesting and instructive points of contemplation unfortunate and to certain extent immoral in his domestic relations he did not derive from that hollowed source all the enjoyments which it generally yields and it was owing to this cause perhaps that he was more fond of society than might have been expected from his studious habits his habitual cheerfulness and gaiety and his affability and frankness of manner rendered him an universal favourite among his friends without any of the pedantry of the exclusive talent and without any of ostentation which often marks the man of limited though profound acquirements Galileo never conversed upon scientific or philosophical subjects except among those who were capable of understanding them. The extent of his general information, indeed, his great literary knowledge, but, above all, his retentive memory, stored with the legends and the poetry of ancient times, saved him from the necessity of drawing upon his own peculiar studies for the topics of his conversation. Galileo was not less distinguished for his hospitality and benevolence. He was liberal to the poor and generous in aid, which he administered to men of genius and talent, who often found a comfortable asylum under his roof. In his domestic economy, he was frugal without being parsimonious. His hospitable board was ever ready for the reception of his friends, and though he was himself abstemious in his diet, he seems to have been a lover of good wines of which he received always the choicest varieties out of the grand duke's cellar this peculiar taste together with his attachment to a country life rendered him fond of agricultural pursuits and induced him to devote his leisure hours to the cultivation of his vineyards in his personal appearance galileo was about the middle size and of square build but well proportioned frame his complexion was fair his eyes penetrating and his hair was reddish hue his expression was cheerful and animated and though his temper was easily ruffled yet the excitement was transient and the cause of it speedily forgotten one of the most prominent traits in the character of galileo was his invincible love of the truth and his abhorrence of the spiritual despotism which had long been brooded over europe his views however were too liberal and too far in advance of the age which he adorned and however much we may admire the noble spirit which he evinced and the personal sacrifices which he made in his struggle for truth 
we must yet lament the hotness of his zeal and the temerity of his onset in his conquest of the church of rome he fell under her victorious banner and though his cause was of that of truth and hers that of superstition yet the sympathy of europe was not roused by his misfortunes under the sagacious and the peaceful sway of copernicus astronomy had effected a glorious triumph over the dogmas of church but under the bold and uncompromising sceptre of galileo all her conquests were irrecoverably lost the scientific character of galileo and his method of investigating truth demand our warmest admiration the number and ingenuity of his inventions the brilliant discoveries which he made in the heavens and the deep and beauty of his researches respecting the laws of motion have gained him admiration of every succeeding age and have placed him next to newton in the list of original and inventive genius to this high rank he was doubtless elevated by inductive process which he followed in all his inquiries under the sure guidance of observation and experiment he advanced to general laws and if bacon had never lived the student of nature would have found in writings and labors of galileo not only the boasted principles of the inductive philosophy but also their practical applications to the highest efforts of invention and discovery end of chapter 6 read by lambda